You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. This morning, I just want to go a little bit further, and it will be a combination of uh, the series that we went through. I didn't get to that point in the series about the use of words. And then, yes, yesterday, last week, uh, we also got to a particular point. So I want to merge both and go a little bit further. So we spoke last week about worship and about prayer. Uh, emphasizing Revelations chapter 5 there, where the scripture says that the angels had uh, the, the vials there full of odors, which were the prayers of the saints. And it was when this new song came out of the four and twenty elders and the hosts of heaven that the seal was opened up. So we talked about mixing worship and uh, all right prayers there in getting results. Well, there are two things in those scriptures. One in Revelations 5. The other in Revelations 8 that I want to explain. It was my younger days when I was in school. I will title this message The Judgment and the Trumpet. So confuse people, so it makes it look deep. All right? But now I will simply say is how to get revelation and then also how to. Get the manifestation of that revelation through words. So let's start from Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. Uh, we looked at the scriptures last week. I just want to go on here. Daniel 7 20. All right. And the ten horns that were in his head, which one came up before the three fell. And the Bible says that horn had eyes, a mouth that spoke very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. Verse 21, and I beheld, and the same horn made war, all right? Uh, if you look at verse 20, just so I can cut some things, it says, and, and a mouth, the latter part, that spoke very great things. So it says, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, before whom three fell, even that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spoke very great things, whose look was more stout, so this was the most ferocious horn that spoke. Verse 21, and he made war with the saints, we saw this last week, and prevailed against the saints. Verse 22, until the ancients of days came, and judgment was given to the saints, of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed that kingdom with the judgment that the ancients of days gave to them. So the horn made war with the saints, and that horn prevailed against saints that were blood bought and blood washed and filled with the Holy Spirit. The honor made war with them, and the honor was winning. 
until the saints understood the order and how to win in life. So when the ancients of days came, and that is not determined by him, but by you fulfilling the protocol of heaven concerning his visitation, and when he came, what he did was to give judgment to the saints. And we saw last week Paul said uh, and came out with the judgment of God on uh, that particular situation they were in, the shipwreck. And he proclaimed that judgment and said, Hear ye, now God answered the prayer. Please hear this. An angel of the Lord stood by him that night. The angel of the Lord that came didn't stop the winds from blowing. The angel did not take the sheep and put it back on course. The angel did not do anything on the outside. The state of things on the outside was the same. Please get this. But his prayer was answered and the angel stood by him. And he said, these are the words. And then Paul now got up and spoke those words out and said, be of good cheer. All right, there was an angel. In other words, God comes to answer your prayer, let's say for a job, but the angel that brought the answer didn't go and fetch somebody to get a job for you, but answer that prayer by giving you the judgment. And the judgment therefore said, within the next six weeks, you are going to have five offers. And among those five offers, you are going to choose this particular one. And then you get up and announce it in order for it to be made manifest. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You are making a lifelong mistake to think that prayers are answered first on the outside. Prayers are answered first by God communicating with you. That's why he says, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding shall flood your hearts. He didn't say that the reason why you are anxious will be removed. It says a peace that surpasses understanding enters your heart. And I think it's Psalm uh, 14. So it says, the Lord will speak peace to his people only that they shouldn't turn back again to folly. So he grants you that answer and it's a judgment that he gives. And through that judgment, you take possession of the kingdom. So Jesus never said, if you will pray to God to move your mountain. He said, if you will speak to the mountain. He did not say, whosoever shall ask the father to move this mountain, the mountain shall move. He said, Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. And the reason why you will not doubt concerning the mountain moving is because the judgment has been given unto you by God for that mountain to move. That's why you don't doubt again. In other words, Paul did not doubt. All right, even though nothing changed when he said it the first time, because he had had an encounter with God concerning it, he said, you shall have whatsoever you say. So you understand that what I will possess is what I am saying. 
So judgment was given to them and then they possessed the kingdom by saying certain things out of their lips. Alright? So God reveals to a person, this job has now been given unto you. Now, therefore that person therefore stands up in their room and says that the company that has my job and has been giving me that job, I speak unto you right now, and I call forth that job in the name of Jesus Christ. In other words, you are saying it so that what has been answered there can materialize on the outside. So Jesus prayed to God about Lazarus. God revealed the judgment to Jesus that it was sickness for him to fall asleep then he will go and raise him up from the dead. So Jesus announced that Lazarus, our friend, is asleep. We are going to raise him up from the dead. And when he got there, he released, all right, the answer that God had given him within, right? And he said, Lazarus, come forth. And it's one of the most difficult things to break through in the minds of Christians. But we have to keep saying it so people to get it here. So the horn begins to make war. Alright? Now verse 25 and 26. We'll see it again here. It tells us about this horn. And it shall speak great words. So that's what the horn is doing. Against the most high and shall wear out the saints. In other words, they start getting tired. They're getting fed up on things. They try this, it doesn't work. They try that, it didn't work. They start getting tired. They're getting frustrated. This is too much. Alright, where is God? What's going on? And that horn is pressing, and that horn is pressing there. And they're, we're getting one out. Right? And it says this here, against all the saints to change times, and all of that, verse 26, but judgment shall sit. It says that again. And his dominion shall be taken to consume it and to destroy it. So you have the horn of wickedness there, that seeks to frustrate, all right, the Christian there caused him to push you into a place of unbelief, uh, to doubt God, all right, to say, is this all this stuff real? Because they are going through things and they're getting worn out and they're getting tired and it's that horn, it is some spiritual force. But a horn does not necessarily mean something negative in scripture. A horn is a word used in scripture to describe a spiritual force. It can be negative or can be positive. There's the horn of wickedness, but then there's what is called the horn of salvation or the horn of righteousness. And this horn, another horn has to come and wage war with this particular horn in order for you to have manifested victory. Now, let's give an example here. 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1. We'll see Hannah referring to her horn. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted. My heart rejoiceth. My horn is exalted. In other words, my horn now is above what has been pressing on me 
and had been harassing me. My horn is exalted. Next verse. My mouth, and that's what the horn really is. It's speaking. It's a voice. My mouth is enlarged over my enemies or exalted over my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. So, the horn comes against Hannah. Hannah is deeply troubled. Something happens. God hears and answers a prayer. Hannah begins to rejoice. And she said, now that I have joy in my heart, my own horn is now exalted above this horn and says, my mouth is enlarged over mine enemies. Luke chapter 1 and verse 69 talks again about this, about the horn there. He hath raised up an horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. So this, he calls it also a horn of salvation. So the horn doesn't necessarily mean something negative. It simply means, all right, the spiritual, all right, force there. So a horn is pressing against a Christian there. But the question is, all right, what's happening to that Christian? Is that Christian speaking according to that horn that is pressing and frustrating the Christian? Or if that Christian is not speaking according to this horn, then is the Christian's mouth being enlarged to swallow up all of those horns, or what the horn is doing? In other words, are you being terrorized by the mountain? Or do you now have the judgment of God concerning this mountain? All right? So the first thing we saw is that we've got to obtain a judgment from God from the ancients of days concerning days. Psalm 149 and verse 9. All right? Or we can say from verse 8. Psalm 149 verse 8. It talks about... Okay, let's, let's start from verse 6. Might be from verse 6. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and two-edged sword in their hands. Verse 7. To execute vengeance upon the hidden punishment on the people. Verse 8. To bind their kings with chains, their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all the saints. So the saints that had the horn pressed against them, the honor they have is to execute upon that situation the judgment written. How are they going to execute the judgment? It told us in verse 6, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and the two-edged sword. What is the two-edged sword? The word of God is sharper than any other two-edged sword. So the word is that two-edged sword is what is called in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17. It is referred to as the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word they used is a Greek word that means rema. What's the meaning of rema? Rema means in a particular situation, God gives you a fitting 
scripture for that situation that is applicable at that particular point in time for that particular situation and that word is activated by you voicing it out. So he revealed something to you for that situation and then, and that's how his power is released. He upholds all things by the word. That is the rema of his power. So his power is contained inside that word he reveals to you. So what he says is, with high praises there, because when you see that word, suddenly, all right, something happens on the inside of you. Uh, you, 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 you. You are filled with joy, right? And then high praises and the two-edged sword, that's how we execute upon that horn the judgment that is written there. So the question we said last week is, how does a Christian therefore get the judgment that is written? In other words, Jesus said, you want to move this mountain, you are not going to ask God to remove the mountain, you are going to make pronouncements that will cause this mountain to move. This storm here, we never saw in scripture, Jesus asking the Father publicly to do something when a demand was made. He used the spoken word to do it. It was the prayer life he had in the background that caused him to have several judgments of God in his heart ready. Such that when situations arose, Jesus pulled out the sword and applied it. That's what he meant when he said, if you abide in me and my words, that's Rema, which means my judgments have been revealed to you. You will demand, which means with those judgments, make decrees, all right, and it shall be established. So you will make demands, you will declare things, and it shall be done. So the order is, we are not going to go and say, God, you know, I'm asking you, please, can you do this? Can you do this? All right, God, all right, I need your judgment on this matter. He gives you the judgment, and then you start making the pronouncement. In other words, when you get that judgment, you arise. And, and this is what happens here. If a person, why, why will this judgment make you happy when you get it? And you know it's over. It's just like somebody that needs, let's say, 500,000 naira desperately. And then goes and meets somebody who is worth, let's say, 2 billion naira. And this person looks and says, you need 500,000, says yes. So, well, you know, I have this thing and makes a supplication to that person. And then that person tells the person, okay, all right, calls and says, please, okay, write a check and tell that person, here's a check for 500,000 naira. All right, writes the check, gives it to that person. You can collect it, let's say they ask on Saturday, on Monday morning at 10 a.m., go and cash this check. Now, the person doesn't have the 500,000 naira cash. But the person has something written. But you know what happens? The minute they get that check, their countenance changes. The weight of that situation lifts. Do you get what I'm saying here? Immediately, the person says, I'll give it to you, I'll write check, and gives the person, the weight lifts. You have not yet transferred the money, but the weight has what? Lifted. Anytime you get a revelation for a situation, the pressure lifts. 
That's the power of what is called the rema. In other words, it is not when it happens that the weight lifts. It's not when it happens that you are filled with a peace that passes all understanding. It's when God gives you that check or gives you that thing that is written concerning it. The minute you see it, it will be so precise. It's a two-edged sword. It will cut deep into that your heart cut and slice into places in your consciousness, you will look at it and immediately that thing will lift off you. And the boldness of your countenance will be changed. You will know it is settled. So if the school, let's say one person wants to pay school fees, school calls or he sees the principal, they're in the same church, and the principal or the head of school has been postponing it because they're in the same church, and said, this week is the last week. And he sees the principal school. He will walk up to the principal. All right? And say, sir, 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 sir. In the past, he will be running the other direction. Now he's bold and goes there, sir, or ma, yeah? You'll have your money by 12 noon on Monday. Are you sure? I am certain. The certainty is based on the word of that wealthy person. So you will be able to say, like Paul said, I am certain everybody in this boat will be saved. How do you know that? He said, judgment has been given to me concerning this. When there is no judgment, I will tell you the confession to make. I will make it before we leave. But there's a pre-judgment confession. There's a post-judgment confession. Pre-judgment is mountain. I will be back. Post-judgment is mountain, I say unto you. Plea is the Holy Ghost is inside me and it will teach me all things. Plea is I know this shall turn to my salvation. Post is this is the salvation. So, the most precious thing therefore will be, let's get this judgment. So, Revelation chapter 5, verse 1. So we get here, Revelations 5, 1. It says, I saw at the right hand of him that sat on a throne a book written, and within on the backside sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open, because the judgment written, and to loose the seals thereof. And no man in heaven and earth or under the earth was able to open it, neither to look thereon. And I wept much, because... No man was found worthy to open and to do what? To read. Now, so if you go quickly back to Isaiah chapter 35, I just want to read a scripture, Isaiah 34. So we see this thing, verse 16. It says, stick ye out the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. In other words, anything you see there, it says, will not fail. None shall want hermit, for my mouth it hath commanded and his spirit hath gathered them. Verse 17. It says, all right, the next verse. He hath cast lot for them. His hand hath divided it unto them. They shall possess it forever from generation to generation shall they dwell therein. In other words, they seek the book of the Lord and read. Anything you see there, it says, well, well the Holy Ghost will manifest. What? But it says, but what then? What, what the book is sealed. That's why in Isaiah chapter 29 from verse 11 to 13, there's the same book here. It says, and this book 
Isaiah 29, all right. The vision of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to one that is learned, that is educated, and said, well, it's because we are not educated, that's why we can't figure out. You are educated, can you please read it? And he said, I did, I cannot, for it is sealed. That means education can get revelation. Next thing. And the book is delivered to one who is known and says, read it. And he is giving the excuse that, well, because I'm uneducated. But the truth is, it's because the thing is sealed. So the judgment for that situation that tells you in exact terms what will be the outcome of it, that the whole of creation is waiting for you to make the pronouncement so that all the angels can move and fulfill it. In other words, you say, well, nothing is happening around me, but God has prepared a table for you in the presence of your enemies. But he says, it's waiting. But you have to get the judgment. So that once you now speak out that judgment, all right, then things now begin to change. But the first thing that is going to change is you. The boldness of your countenance will change. You will be relieved. You will know that it is now done. What I have long desired and wanted, ah, now it is done. And how did you get it? By simply reading. But you can read a sealed book and you can read an unsealed book. Do you get what I'm saying? All this thing we're saying, you can be saying that, but I read the Bible. That's why people ask questions, so where do I go? The truth about the matter is, once it is unsealed, you just do your daily Bible study, the Holy Ghost will take you there and bam, the thing will come out. Alright? But once it is sealed, that's what the scripture is saying. It says, when Moses turned to the Lord, the veil was taken off. When he came down, the veil was on his face. And that anybody that turns to the Lord for a situation, the veil gets taken off. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.